Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. I know you don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, Bruce, but did you spend any time on Twitter yesterday? Mm, no, not not really. It's probably good because you know that segment we had about Colorado State fans storming the court? Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, well, we put that out as one of our clips on Twitter, mm-hmm. and the skewering just continues. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that I'm missing besides a spit up my ass is barbecue sauce on my back. Well, because I mean, co- you know, it's not too oh, late. Yeah. Not too oh, late. Yeah. yeah. But, but here's the argument that Colorado State fans are having. Well, they stormed the court on us and we weren't ranked either. Who cares? Does that make sense? As I said, I mean, I'm pissing off both fan bases, to be perfectly honest. You're equal opportunity, yes. I am, right, right. I'm not a racist. I hate everybody equally. (laughs) I I don't have a problem with Colorado or Colorado State. I want both teams to win. I really, really do. It makes our job easier. Plus, we know people in both programs, right? Yeah. We want want them to win. Sure. But, But I said it before, and I'll probably step in it again by saying, Colorado storming the field against Colorado State is arguably one of the lowest moments in the history of that football program. Well, okay. I mean, why would you storm the field against a school that you barely even recognize exists? The only uh, the only social media that I saw that I remember on this yesterday was someone pointing out to the I, and I hate the lamest and it happened to be CU fan to CSU fan saying anytime that CSU plays Colorado, it's like their Super Bowl. And yeah. the response was, dude, they just beat the eighth ranked team in the country. It, it's no Super Bowl. And, and right. I thought, well, that's a really good, that's a good point. They were a favored team on their home floor and they were ranked after just beating the eighth ranked team in the country. They should have won. Right, right. By the by, the way, here was my favorite tweet. Because every once in a while you get this, somebody tweeted, who's Eric Goodman? <laughs> who's this guy? So I responded. I said, I don't know who this Eric Goodman is, but apparently you like to read his tweets and respond to them. Ah, very good. good time now. Yep, time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so the Broncos, uh, they've certainly gotten the the national attention from the networks. Uh, their game has been flexed to Saturday night, December 16th, against the Lions. Also, the Cardinals have released Zach Ertz. Yes, it would be great if he decides to come here, right? It would be great if the Broncos pick him off of waivers, and then he says, yes, I want to come here. But Zach Ertz also has the option to say, 
I don't want to go to the team that just picked me off of waivers. I'll just sit it out for the rest of the season. He wants to go to a contender. At six and five, we look at the Broncos as contenders. I don't know if anybody outside this bubble truly looks at them as contenders. And I'm not talking playoff contenders. Zach Ertz wants to go to a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, no question about it. Right now, statistically, um, the odds say that the Broncos' chances to reach the playoffs are at like 37%. Now, you beat Houston on the road Sunday, and they jumped to over 60%. Then the expectation of what is possible really starts to gain some traction. Not, And that's not diminishing. You had to win five straight to get to this point. But consider this, Eric. They had to win five straight just to get to a 34% chance to reach the playoffs. So I don't know why Zach Ertz would look at Denver and think, yeah, I think I'll, I'll hitch my... I think I'll hitch on to that ride at this particular point, even if we feel like, and the Broncos have proven that they appear to be the real deal. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Since you're big into numbers and percentages, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to throw a percentage on this. Okay. Broncos have had too many turnovers to count over their last three games. If the Broncos get three turnovers on Sunday, what is their percentage of winning? I'll go 75, 78%. How about zero? Okay. How about zero? I would, I they wouldn't don't force go a turnover. What's that? Oh, oh, you mean zero turnovers? What if they don't force any? Then because I really, it's the turnovers that have fueled them. Uh, yeah. Although I don't know how much they had to do with the last game when you stop to consider the types of turnovers they were, but when you get 15 in the last four games, that, that obviously is a telling stat. Well, but, here's something, but here's something to consider. Yeah. Even if you don't score points off of turnovers, mm-hmm. you're still taking away a possession yes. for That's them exactly to have an right. opportunity to score. That's exactly and right. And you might flip the field. Yep. No question about it. I would say if they if they get zero turnovers, I'd like to know how many turnovers Houston has. And by the way, Houston has only committed eleven turnover or ten, what is it, ten turnovers in eleven games. So they are not a turnover-prone team. Um, I would say they're. I would say probably a forty-five percent chance to win. Maybe maybe it's a fifty-fifty game. I don't know. So you're looking at these two teams as equal. I do. I I mean I do. Yeah. I, I I really do. I think that. I think the Broncos are on a better heater right now. They're coming off the. I don't think anyone would argue they're coming off their best game of the season. Um, Houston has struggled a little bit offensively in the last two weeks against Arizona and Jacksonville, scoring 21 points in both games, one of which they won, one of which they lost. Um, Obviously, you're going on the road, um, but I, I I like the Broncos in this game. Here's something to keep your eye on. The Broncos have gotten some very fortunate breaks. It feels like every single game, whether it's turnovers or Justin Jefferson not playing, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Broncos and what they have done. Breaks happen. The Texans don't know if Dalton Schultz is going to be playing. No, they don't. And that could be enormous. It's going to be difficult enough 
to cover Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Both those guys, pretty even stats, two totally different wide receivers. One of those guys, you would think, is not going to be having Sertan blanket him all day. So you think one of those guys, if they're going to have a day, that might be the day. Although I like the, I like where the Broncos are in their secondary and specifically at the cornerback position. But Dalton Schultz, he's a load. Yes, he is. No and question. to take him off the field, that's a huge deal. It is. And um, then you also have uh, guys like Larry Tunstall, who is out, is out. That's right. and that's a that's a key guy on their offensive line. Which, you know something, Bruce? Yeah, we have been talking about this over the last couple of weeks. When you talk about the I mean, people are looking at this game as the coach of the year bowl, whichever team wins. That's going to be your coach of the year. Yeah, okay. If the Broncos win out, D'Amico Ryans is still the coach of the year. Okay. I'll tell you why. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback, and too many injuries to count. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I don't care about who gets coach of the year, to be really honest. But Neither do I. I mean, that, but that's fine. No, no big deal. I, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, what whatever how, whatever metrics are used to measure that out, fine. Um, but I'm very interested in the Broncos winning this football game. So, and I think that, uh, and I think that, I, I think they're good enough defensively to pressure and cover. And I think that's going to be the key. I think that they want to pressure, and and at least create some timing issues for C.J. Stroud with the ability to cover on the backside. If they can do that, then I think that it, it's set up pretty nicely for them because uh, I think that I think they'll score enough points to win a game. Yeah. I really do. Coming up at, yeah. yeah. Coming up after the break, uh, at the beginning of the season, we asked Todd Davis, do you think the Broncos will make the playoffs in Sean Payton's first year? And he said, no. Well, how does Todd feel today? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, when it comes to my health, I really, really trust, seriously, really trust Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. They have two great locations. I work with Dr. Lee. Anybody who goes there works with Dr. Lee. He goes above and beyond going over your lab results with you. He, if you have any questions, he will sit there no matter how long it takes. And he will explain them to you 
why they are where they're at, what you need to do to make sure that everything is good for you. He wants to make sure that you are healthy, not only physically, but mentally as well. He is so stinking good at what he does. And let's use the word Dr. Lee. When you go to other places, sometimes it's just some guy walking around in a lab coat. That's not Dr. Lee. He's really good at what he does. I'm on testosterone, estrogen blockers, all kinds of things to give me my optimum health. Schedule your appointment today at crmenshealth.com. That's crmenshealth.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ. He joins us every Friday on the show. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. And, of course, you can also catch him on DNVR. Good morning, Todd. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase something. I hope I get it correct. Um, I follow DNVR on Twitter, and you were doing a segment with them, and you had a, the the ability to have like a telestrator essentially in front of you. And the headline, and I'm paraphrasing here, was Todd basically shows why Sean Payton is toying with other teams' defenses. In some ways, is that really the case with what has been happening recently? Yes, absolutely. I think that the guys have stepped up and played more physical. Um, you know, they're doing better with their assignments, alignment, and technique. But ultimately, I think it's Sean scheming things up very well to put guys in the best position to win. And uh, I think he's doing a great job with it. Todd, was the biggest surprise to you last Sunday the way that the Broncos literally, and I mean this in a good way, beat up? Cleveland, number one defense coming in, were beaten pretty soundly, I think, at the point of attack by the offensive line. Defensive, the defensive front was clearly more up to the test than uh, Cleveland's offensive line. Uh, to me, this was a, a kind of, a, of an illuminating physical effort by a football team that just appeared to be much more physical than the team you expected to make it the other way around. Yes, I was definitely surprised. But uh, talking to some of the guys and talking to Pastor Tan, that was the message that was preached the entire week, Mm. that this was a very physical game, that this was actually a back game. So you need to bring your back, come ready to hit somebody. Um, I heard Sean talking to Pat, um, handed out bats to every member of the team so that you will remember, hey, on Sunday we need to be physical, we need to go out there and lay some helmets on some people. And let me... Let me just say that was one of the best performances I had seen by them because of their physicality, the way they were running around, the way they were taking guys out. I know it's not good to get guys, you know, taking out the game, but just that physical aspect makes them feared anytime they go to play another team. Mm. You are known around here as being a guy who played for the Broncos, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Some people may not know you played under Sean Payton for a very short amount of time. Are there many head coaches in the era that you played in? that could take a one-in-five team and help turn them around? Are there many coaches that can really do that? Not at all. You know, it's an extremely tough task. I think he was battling with a lot uh, from the regime from last year and trying to you know, implement his new mindset mentality. And I think it was, it was a tough task. But 
I don't know many coaches that could take it from one and five, you know, getting 70 put on you and almost like the laughing stock of the league to now you're very close to making the playoffs. You put yourself in a really good position to be able to make a playoff run. Um, you know, there's a, only a handful of coaches that could have done that. I know real quick, Bruce, let me, I don't mean to cut in on you here, but, but Todd, I know you talk to guys in that locker room. What has Peyton done? What has he done as a head coach to help steer the ship in the right direction? You know, really, honestly, he's made everything super important, um, whether it's from taking notes in the meeting room to parents in practice. Um, you know, we've seen in training camp where he'll stop practice and, you know, teach guys something. He's continued that and even made it more of an importance that all the small details are the things that really matter. And then he's putting challenges in front of guys. I've seen the guys responding well. You know, he challenges the defense to get turnovers. When they were getting turnovers and the DBs hadn't got one yet, then he challenged the DBs to get a fumble, and then they came out and got one. He's challenging guys. He's making it fun. And he's also making them pay attention to the little details, and I think they're succeeding with that. Yeah, I, I think one of the themes this week has really been he's never deviated from the message. His message has been the same from day one as it is right now. Now, it's evolved in some areas, but the message has been very consistent, and I think that's something that a team can relate to, especially when they start having the type of success that they are right now. What do you see in C.J. Stroud? Uh, because... This is a guy much like Pat Sertan that feels uh, a lot more, a lot further along than his age or experience would indicate. Yeah, I, I love his uh, his calmness, his poise. Um, you know, there's a calmness about him that, you know, you really don't see from young quarterbacks. He doesn't get frazzled. He doesn't get anxious. He just knows where to go with the ball, makes the right read, and makes really good plays. Uh, you know, one of my favorite games to watch this year was that comeback against the Buccaneers with like maybe 20 seconds on the clock. He marched down the field, um, scores, breaks the rookie yards per game, and then also touchdowns per game. You know, he's just a really talented young quarterback. We're talking with Todd Davis. He joins us every Friday on the show. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. The last thing that I am going to do, and I know while I am saying it, I say this sincerely. Uh, I thought the Broncos would win 10 games this year. I'm not going to crow at all if they wind up winning 10 games because I never in a million years could have predicted the path that they potentially could get to 10 wins, meaning, hey, they're going to start one and five, but I know they're going to come back. At the beginning of the season, you said even in Sean Payton's first year, you didn't believe that they were a playoff team. I don't think that was an unfair statement, and I think you can make the case a lot of people would have agreed with you. As we sit here today, do you believe they're a playoff team? Yes, I do, and I'll tell you why. Because as I watch film now, yes, they look good on offense and they're making things happen, but there are so many open guys that Rush just isn't finding yet. There are so many more opportunities for this offense to be five or ten times better than they are right now, and that's just simply with Russ getting more comfortable in the system and finding open guys. He's doing great finding Corey in the end zone. He's doing great finding the check down. But there are plenty of times where Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton are wide open 20 or 25 yards downfield, and he's not finding them yet. So I think there's another level of this offense that can make them even better. And if the defense continues to play like they play, I mean, they're playing lights out, tons of turnovers every week. I don't see a group that can match up with them, you know, if they continue to play that way. Todd, the Broncos have won with obviously very great, timely defense, very physical 
defense. They've run the ball extremely well, at least last week. The week before they didn't, but that had other, there were other things involved in that. Um, does Sean Payton stay the course, or does he look at playing a team like Houston, which is a top-eight defense against the run, but only 27 against the path of the pass and deviate from that a little bit just because maybe he's licking his chops a little bit more downfield or does he stay true to what he's been doing here or trying to do anyway offensively for much of the last five weeks? You know, I think that he stays pretty true to it. I know we've been averaging about 40 runs and 20 passes a game. Maybe this week it's 35 runs and 25 passes, but we got to keep that run game going because it opens up so many things in the back end. And like I said, Russ isn't finding all the open receivers just yet. So I think it's best to stick with what's working. And then as time progresses, we'll be, we'll be able to be more balanced as a team. Tell us about the Davis fund. So the Davis fund is a real estate development firm. I started here in Colorado, uh, building for profit, nonprofit and workforce housing. Um, we do things all around the, all around the state. I've got a couple of projects going right now, but I'm just trying to help um, make the city beautiful, continue to build in it, and I'm excited for it. How do people get involved? The best way to get involved is to email me at toddavis at thedavisfund.com and reach out. Um, I'll respond quickly, and we can get you involved and plugged with you know the events and things we have coming up. Before we cut you loose, who wins the game on Sunday and why? You know, I think this is going to be a tough game for the Broncos. I think that, you know, they have to come ready to play, and if the the Texans are able to get two or three deep shots, I think the Texans win. But I'm going to say that the Broncos win because they come, they play their brand of defense. Um, offense is able to win time of possession, and the defense comes up with a big stop at the end of the game to win it. All right. Todd, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. See you, Todd. Uh- Uh, Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ, joins us every Friday on the show. His segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. Coming up after the break, if you love college football, this is your weekend. Conference championship games that could absolutely affect the playoff picture. You know, when you look at all these games and the matchups, would you like to see some chaos? Hmm. I mean, a lot of chaos. Would you love to see Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State all lose and then wait to see what happens? Or are you good with those four teams playing for the national championship? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. I want to read something off the Roller Auctions Twitter feed. Uh, we put something out on Twitter yesterday every single day. We put out something on Twitter, a couple of clips a day from the show. 
And one of them was about Colorado, Colorado State. And I said, I really wish the fans would not have stormed the court. This was the headline. In wake of CSU students storming the court last night after beating CU, I tell Bruce Hurdle, we need unwritten rules for court and field storming. <laughs> okay. I like and it. I la- yeah. And I laid it out. Yeah. You know, you, you, you should storm the court, storm the field when you beat a number one team in the country. You should storm the court um, when it, it's becoming too much storming the court. It should be something special, like a birthday, like an anniversary. <laughs> it just seems to be happening a lot. You don't and want it to honest. be cliched, right? You don't right. want it to turn into a cliche. I get you. Co- correct. And, and, and see you, see you fans, and I understand they've had one or maybe two good seasons in the last 20 years. They took it to a whole new level that I'm surprised that when they scored their opening touchdown at home, they didn't storm the field. Okay. With that, my whole point in this was you're the better team. You're ranked. You're at home. And if you really want to stick it to Colorado, don't storm the court. Act like you expected it. But I understand why kids want to storm the court. Absolutely. So from the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, this is what Kevin Coonan put out. Quote tweeting what we put out on Twitter. Rams fans, let me make this as clear as possible. Eric is doing this for clicks, and it's working. If you disagree with this take, join me by hitting that mute block button on him. I promise you that hurts him more than your comments. You have known me for a very long time outside of just doing this show. I have strong opinions. Do you know me as a guy, as a hot take guy, meaning I say things that I don't believe? No, and clicks, I think, are the furthest thing from your consideration. I just, I don't think that the, that clickbait is not who you are. So anyway, Here's I just the thing. that. Here's the thing. When it comes to clickbait, I never want somebody to be upset with me. Yeah. It's not that I need people to agree with me. No, but you don't but, mind it if they are. I mean, it's I, like, I, fine. Everyone can have their own opinion. I don't like waking up in the morning and seeing my mentions filled with hatred Nobody, I don't want that. It was just my opinion. But I was not trying to get clicks, and I'm not trying to piss anybody off. It's just my opinion. But I wasn't doing it to get Colorado State fans upset. Well, you got both of them pissed off at you. CU fans and CSU fans. Right. And that wasn't the goal. That's just my opinion. And I can sell it. Does that make sense? Sure. If I have an opinion, I'll sell it to you. Right. I'm not just going to say it and move on. With that, let's move on. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. College Conference Championship Games this weekend. Here are the games of interest that will certainly shape the playoff picture. Number one, Georgia takes on number eight, Alabama. Number two, Michigan plays number 16, Iowa. Number three, Washington plays number five, Oregon. Number four, Florida State takes on number 14, Louisville. Number seven, Texas takes on number 18, Oklahoma State. 
clearly Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State win. They are in the playoff. With that, is that what you would like to see or a whole load of chaos? Yeah. You know what? I, I, these games are yawners other than the, the Oregon, Washington, and Georgia, Alabama games, I think are very interesting. Very interesting. But Texas, Oklahoma State, really? Michigan, Iowa? Under what? I'm trying to think of some way that that game, which, by the way, has a 22-point spread, becomes interesting. I, you know, I don't know. I want to see. Here's what I want to see. I want to see Oregon beat Washington because I think that Oregon's the better team. I thought they were the better team all season long. Washington beat them up there. So I'm fine with Oregon. I, I like the whole Oregon, Texas, Florida State argument. I think that's kind of interesting um, if, if you want to make that one. Pure chaos, eh, I don't know. It never seems to happen. We always cheer for it, but it never seems to happen. Pick one upset. And no, you can't pick Washington, Oregon even though Washington's three and Oregon's five. I know Washington's Oregon, a nine-and-a-half-point underdog in that right. game. Right, so, so you can't pick that game as an upset. Which of all of those games? Alabama did, over Georgia. Right. That's right. the one That's the one for me. Um, I think Alabama's playing real well. They've, 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 they've found a rhythm to their season. Georgia has been... Georgia's Georgia. I mean, they're the two-time defending champions, but I can see Alabama winning that game. It's not out of the realm. I'll tell you what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Ohio State get in, and there's a possibility that that happens. Hmm. Backdoor it. Yeah, you didn't play. You didn't play in a huge game. Now, granted, Michigan's playing Iowa, the team that can't score. Really good defense, but a team that cannot score. Yeah. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I would prefer. I don't. I don't feel like Ohio State is a is a is a CFP team, but I suppose there is a path for them. Um, that would be fairly chaotic, wouldn't it? You know, it'd be the best case scenario for me. And I'm a Big Ten guy, so I'm going against everything that I grew up watching. I would love to see Florida State lose, and I would love to see Oregon win. And Washington moved to number four. Mm. I would love to see that. And I think that is a possibility. I do, too. I do, too. Even though Washington has not looked like one of the best teams in the country the last few weeks. They really haven't. And I watch a lot of Washington football. So, um, I don't know. I, I will be very surprised if they win that game tomorrow over Oregon. If Alabama beats Georgia... Should they be in the national championship picture? And do they truly have a claim over Texas if Texas wins, knowing the Longhorns beat Alabama? That's a great question. But, man, the recent picture is a hard one to overcome if Alabama beats Georgia. I mean, seriously. I don't know how you keep Alabama out of right. it if right. they beat Georgia tomorrow I, I that 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 one that's a kind of eye test thing and where they are like the like the hot take the pulse check moment um, I think it would be very difficult to have Alabama out of that 
top four. I think it is cool that there are all kinds of – you can make an argument for what, how many, six teams, maybe seven teams right now? That much is cool. That I, I like that. But I tend to think that it will it will basically work itself out because it seems to every year. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we see. will. All right. Uh, what do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? 49ers and Eagles will meet on Sunday in a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. And is it appropriate for LeBron James to miss a Lakers game to watch Bronny's college debut? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. On Wednesday, there's an auction for government fleet vehicles, including pickups, SUVs, transit buses, school buses, implements, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In a couple minutes, we are going to be doing... Um, you know, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. But before we do that, let's bring on Josh Robinson. He is the marketing director for Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Allow me to be the first to say, Josh, happy anniversary. Am I the first one in the gate, even though your anniversary sale, your customer appreciation sale is on Wednesday? Uh, you are the first, and that's right. Yeah, we are having our annual anniversary sale on Wednesday, December 6th. Um, it's essentially, the entire store is going to be on sale. Spirits are going to be 15% off on 750 milliliter or larger. Um, wine's going to be 20% off, and all 12 packs of beers are $2 off. So no matter what you like to drink, we have uh, an option for you. There are so many great things about Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Obviously, your customer service is great. You know, you have plenty of people to help you pick out the right wine, pick out the right craft beer, so on and so forth. You always have great specials on wine and other things as well. But the other thing that I really like is, oh, besides the great, like, snacks, I love those snacks. But before we get into something, tell people about, like, the the, the high-end snacks you have to, like, pair with wine and, and craft beer. Yeah, absolutely. We've built up, you know, a good selection of kind of charcuterie items, you know, meats, cheeses, pickles, uh, you know, things that just go well with drinking occasions. So, you know, if you're having people over, we're your one-stop shop for wine and cheese night or a charcuterie board or anything like that you could ever need. Okay, let's get into what I was going to get into, which is every once in a while, usually once a month, you have a special event. On the 9th, you're going to have the Whiskey Wheel of Giving. What is that all about? Yeah, this is an awesome event. We are super excited. So um, this is our first time doing our Whiskey Wheel event twice in a year. Generally, we do it the Saturday before Father's Day. But um, Sazerac stepped up, um, the owners of Buffalo Trace. They're going to provide us with enough allocated bottles to do a second one. So what it is, 
at 8 a.m. Um, come on in. There will be a line. Uh, you get to spin kind of like a Wheel of Fortune type wheel with different pictures of allocated whiskey bottles on them. Whatever you land on, you get the option to purchase. Um, $10 of every bottle purchased is going to go to the Food Bank of the Rockies. Um, and we're hoping with the amount of bottles we have, we can raise approximately 24,000 meals for the food bank. Wow. Holiday Fantastic. That's great. All right. I'm totally speaking out of turn here when I say this. I'm going to be a complete schmuck when this comes out of my mouth. And notice I use the word schmuck because that's Yiddish, which is telling you that I am Jewish. With that, Christmas is coming up, and I'm guessing you eat ham on Christmas, generally speaking. Is that correct? Yep, generally speaking. Give me a good wine pairing for Christmas dinner. Ooh. Um, so ham, you know, it's salty, it's oily, so you want something that can kind of stand up to those. Um, I would go with, like, either an Australian Shiraz or, or a Syrah from California um, or possibly even, like, a California Zinfandel or Italian Primitivo. My grandmother is going to be happy with what I'm about to say, and then she's not going to be happy with what I'm about to say. I don't eat ham because I'm Jewish, but I eat bacon. You better believe I eat bacon. So just for fun, give me a wine pairing for bacon. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's a great one. So for that, you need something um, that's really big, got a lot of kind of fruit flavors to cut through. You know, all the fat in the um, in the bacon. So you know, again, California Zinfandel would be great, especially if you find a bigger, fruitier one. Um, that or like a, maybe even if you want to go a little bit lighter, like a, a Beaujolais from France. I know that I'm talking to the guy that runs Argonaut Wine and Liquor, so please take this the right way. Do you really need a wine pairing with bacon anyway? Does anything really need to be paired with bacon? I mean, bacon kind well, of stands on its own, doesn't it? Bacon absolutely stands on its own. But, yeah. you know, some people want to get started early, and if you need a wine pairing for bacon, we got it. Nice. Okay, so should you drink the wine, then eat the bacon, or eat the bacon, then drink the wine? What order I, should I, that be in? I think you need to do kind of, you know, sip a wine, bacon, sip a wine, and repeat. Rinse and repeat. How do people find Argonaut? And I know there are lots of different ways. Yeah, so we are online, www.argonautliquor.com, uh, by phone at 303-831-7788. Um, on our app in the App Store, just search Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Or uh, at our physical location, 760 East Colfax Avenue, between uh, Washington and Clarkson on Colfax. Hey, my friend, Merry Christmas. Have a happy New Year. And, oh, by the way, don't forget, if you're going to have a New Year's party, order, order from Argonaut Wine and Liquor. They deliver to the entire Denver metro area, and every delivery over 200 bucks is free. Josh, have a great day. Thank you. You guys, too. Thanks, Josh. See, see you, pal. Time now yeah. for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Okay, just in case you missed it, on Sunday afternoon following the Broncos game, arguably the game of the year to this point will take place as the Eagles and 49ers will meet in Philadelphia in a rematch of the NFC Championship game. 
The 49ers are three-point road favorites. Who do you like in this matchup of NFC powerhouses? The 49ers are a three-point road favorite. Eric, how was that arrived at in your mind? Because I think when it, I think the Eagles have a ridiculously balanced roster on offense and on defense. But so do the 49ers. Hmm. And when the 49ers are healthy, you can make the case they have the best offense in the league. You can make that case. Maybe not the best quarterback in the league, especially when you compare him to Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, is the front runner to win the MVP. But the 49ers have a better defense, and they have better weapons on offense. All right. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. That one is, a, I mean, they're both going to be in the playoffs. That goes without saying. And more than likely, the NFC runs through one of those two places, maybe both of them. But uh, I just want to see a good football game. I don't have a real, I don't have any, I don't have any stake in this game at all. So I just want to see a really good football game. And I got a feeling we will. I do too. All right, just in case you missed it, after recovering from a cardiac arrest in late July, USC freshman Bronny James has been cleared to make a full return to basketball. He will resume practice next week for the Trojans and return to game soon after. LeBron James said he will miss a Lakers game if Bronny makes his USC debut on the same day, saying family goes over everything. Would you be okay with LeBron being absent from a Lakers game to watch Bronny's college debut? Of course I would. That's a family move, and, and those are important. Uh, maybe at m the same stage of my professional life, I'm not comparing myself at all to LeBron James, but I mean, in a relative sense, maybe I would have had a different point of view, but being, getting a little older and realizing some of the more important things that I might've missed, you're damn right. I would have done it differently if I had it to do all over again. Good for LeBron. It's one basketball game out of 82 and you're doing something or other that is a landmark for your kid. I think it's great that he would be there. I think it's great that he's going to be there. However, how many players in the NBA could actually say to their coach, say to the GM, I'm skipping the game tonight to watch my son play. It's different than your wife being pregnant, or is it not? Uh, and delivering a baby. Yeah, I, yeah, it is It is different. Yes, it, it is different. But I think that you, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many players in the NBA would be able to try to take a day off to watch their kid play their first college basketball game. Yeah. I mean, now, there's a little difference to me for going and watching a kid play bitty basketball or something like that as opposed to watching my kid play his first ever college game. I don't I don't think there are too many players that have kids at a college age. I'm not saying that that excuses it, but the sentiment for me remains the same. Anything that you can do to support your family is, is, is a good thing, and I hope that the Lakers are enthusiastic about allowing him to do it. LeBron has enough equity in the sure. bank to say, I'd like to skip a game, period, to watch my son play. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, don't forget, on Wednesday, it's going to be their anniversary sale. 15% off all liquor, 750 milliliters or larger, 20% off of wine, 2 bucks off, 12 packs of beer. They deliver to the entire Denver metro area. Every delivery over 200 bucks is free. It is the weekend. Go check them out today. Start off the weekend with a craft beer, nice glass of wine. See why... 
Westward calls Argonaut the best liquor store in Denver five years running. That is going to do it for us. Yesterday, I accidentally said, Gordon, great job on the show. Well, you were you were you were advancing the cause, knowing that that would be an automatic for Friday. Right. So with that, Nigel's not there. Gordon is. Nigel, great job on the show today. <laughs> Same with you, Alex. Same with you, Bruce. Make it the best possible weekend you can. You take it on the run, baby. If that's the way you want.